So far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We're joined on the line by Orla Farmer, recently retired six-time All-Ireland winner with Cork. Uh, Orla, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. The decision to finish up, was it straightforward? Was it complicated? Had you reached a natural end or were you thinking, I might give this one more year? I think every year now it's one more year, one more year. Mm-hmm. But um, particularly the last year, I think it was kind of on my mind. And um, I suppose I have been on the road a long time as well. I was actually thinking back there. I, I've never missed a championship of football since I was 13 years of age. So it's been a long but a very enjoyable journey and I think it just comes to a stage just wasn't getting a, a bit older now Um I, t- I turned ter- 30 last year and I think the body is, is slowing down a bit and I think maybe I wasn't getting the same buzz as I used to as well um, when I was a bit younger and um, just the kind of championship buzz feeling um, as much this year um, as I as I have previously so no, I, I think I have kind of other plans as well with my career and things. So it was just the right decision um, for this year coming. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next chapter as well. When you say you haven't missed the championship season, does that mean you haven't been injured for that whole time as well? You actually managed to play every year? Yeah, yeah. So fortunately enough, um, I had the opportunity under 14 the whole way up to play um, in the red and white jersey. That's incredible. So, yeah, you know, it's been a massive privilege to represent my county and Ever since I was a young girl, that's all I ever wanted was to run out under the tunnel in Crow Park and um, with, with all the, the girls I looked up to. And, you know, thankfully we, we had that success over the years as well. Well, those, that six in a row era, uh, Orla, of 2011 to 16, I know Orla Finn retired as well just a few days before yourself. So it's the end of an era in some ways. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, it is sad. You know, it is very emotional and especially because it's just such a massive part of my life, both on and off the pitch as well. Um, and you know Orla like speaking of Orla Finn is that like we, we've been best friends since we were 13 like we both played together the whole way up uh, all the way we kind of started together and we finished together so it has been very um, emotional the last few days but I suppose look that's sport that's life uh, you can't keep holding on for, forever um, I actually remember a few years ago Eamon Ryan um, our coach um, he, he used to always kind of say to us you know never never take this for granted like you'll never do this training session again you'll never play this match again and you know you're you're you've only such a short span in your life that you can play at such a high level um uh, so just to maximize that and kind of make the most of it I think I don't really appreciate that until you know you come away from it really so I uh, look it, as I said that's just part of life that's sport and I am ready now um it, which makes it a bit easier like I've I've come to the, the fifth stage of, of grief, which is acceptance. So I've accepted the fact now that um, I'll no longer have the red and white jersey on the pitch, but for sure I'll be supporting on, on, on the stand. Do you take it for granted at the time, Orla? Because I'm thinking back, like that, that first All-Ireland win in 2011, when you're, when you're doing the parade before the match, you're not to know that it's the first of, of six All-Ireland wins in a row at, at the time. So, I mean, do any particular moments like that stand out for you? 
Ah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been brilliant. Like it's to win six All Ireland medals in a row. Never ever thought that was was possible. Um, I suppose I was lucky enough to come into an already successful Cork ladies football team with the likes of Breach Corkery and Rena Buckley, uh, Reid Stack, Val- Valerie Mulcahy. All those girls, like they were phenomenal, and they had won five in a row before I I even came came into the, the panel. So, um, I suppose we were lucky to kind of come into that you know, winning mindset and that momentum. Um, but I mean it's been it's been brilliant over the years. And I think when I when I think of standout moments like that in the All Irelands, definitely the first one because um thousand and eleven was my first All Ireland and it was a dream come true. I think as well the two thousand and fourteen All Ireland when we were down um against Dublin, ten points with like fifteen minutes to go, I think everyone can remember that game. Uh that was definitely a standout game as well. It, just the sheer excitement and joy of, you know, of, of coming back and beating the Dubs by a point as well. And I think 2016, the the Six All Ireland uh, for me personally meant a lot. And um, particularly as my family were all there as well, and I can just I have a really vivid memory of that game. Um, and I'll just never forget the hooter going off the last ten seconds. That was just a special moment. And of looking up at the stand, uh, just because you know year, years prior to that. I was sitting in the stand, you know, I was the young girl with my parents watching the court ladies, um, you know, going out winning the Brendan Martin. And all of a sudden I just had that kind of moment where I looked off at the stand with the last 10 seconds to go. And that was special for me because, you know, my dreams had come true essentially. And um, I really, really appreciate it and, and enjoyed that game as well. We should be introducing you, I suppose, as, as Dr. Orla Farmer, not necessarily just Orla, but because you tweeted at the, uh, you know, when you were announcing your retirement, you tweeted, looking forward to the next chapter, inspiring the younger generation to participate, stay involved, and most importantly, enjoy sport. And that's a key word. Uh, so you're, you're a lecturer in sport education as well. You have a PhD in this topic. So I know keeping and getting young girls involved in sport is, is very, very important to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, so I've, I've been lucky that, you know, my career on the pitch has kind of translated to my career off the pitch as well. And, you know, empowering girls and coaches and teachers through sport has always been a passion of mine. Um, and I'd, I hope to continue that, um, onto the next chapter now, uh, with some travel and with some projects that I have in mind as well. But I suppose speaking on the topic of, of girls, um, in sport, like from my own PhD, you know, some of the findings that I, that came through for me. And it's important to kind of note as well, particularly for coaches that, you know, when, when, when I went out and asked girls, like, what, why are you playing? What do you enjoy most about sport? Like the number one thing is having fun with their friends. Like that was a dominant theme coming through. I think it's important as well. And obviously girls are competitive and they want that challenge and they want to get the best out of themselves as well. But I do think it always falls back to, you know, the, the friendships and, and the memories. And even for me personally, like, I mean, you know, I, I've six all Ireland medals, but to be honest, like the medals don't really mean anything to me at the end of the day. It's, it's friendships and it's the, the, the memories that I've made and the people that I've been surrounded with. That's what I take from playing with, with Cork over the years. And that's what I'll continue to take for the rest of my life, essentially. So it's important, I think, sometimes we can get caught you know, into winning, winning, winning. But at the end of the day, like we have to listen to what young girls want as well. And they want to feel good about themselves at training. They want to be with their friends. And obviously it's fun to win as well. Um, And they want to to enjoy that challenge. But on the other side, then, you know, when when asking why are you dropping out and what's stopping girls from getting involved? Ironically, it's the other, it's the other end of the stick. It's lack of enjoyment, 
coaches being too strict, you know, the environment may be too competitive. Girls like competitiveness, but maybe perhaps too competitive at a young a younger age. Um, and this this notion of confidence as well, kind of skill related confidence. You know, if, if they're kind of comparing themselves, their friends, and they feel that they're not as good as as their friend at hand passing or kicking the ball, that can actually be a barrier as well uh, for young girls. So I think really it's just important to educate coaches and teachers and players uh, so that we can get more girls involved. Because I think one, at the moment, I think it's one in two girls are dropping out of sport. And like that's such a worrying statistic, such a high and worrying statistic. So it was really, it's trying to, you know, what can we do to try and get more girls to, first of all, come to the game and, and introduce, you know, and, and, and get them involved, but also to stay involved um, in sport. We've loads of coaches watching this morning. What's the, the best bit of advice, knowing what you know and, and, and with the data and information that you have and that you've processed, what's the best bit of advice to, like, how do they make it fun? So I think fun fun is a, is a very elusive term, like it's very broad, but I think, you know, people forget that fun, it's fun to win as well. It's fun Fun for girls could mean, you know, wearing the, the jersey, wearing their, their club gear around the place. It could also mean, you know, challenging themselves in terms of skill. You know, there's loads of meanings to fun. It's not as if you're just kind of going in and playing a game of duck, duck, goose or something. Like, it's it's actually very relevant to, you know, getting the best out of yourself. But I think really it's it's, it's maximising your time. Like, I, I always say when it comes to coaching, you know, maximum participation in your, your 60-minute session, how many minutes are the, are the girls or our boys, are they have to, be, have to have the ball or the hurley in their hand? You know, that are you are you maximising that time? How many minutes of the session are you talking as a coach? You know, that are they coming out? For some, that may be the only 60 minutes a week or two times a week that they're actually getting skill-related uh, practice and that deliberate practice as well. So I think really it's like, how are you maximising your time? But also, you know, are you providing your players with that kind of reinforcement, that feedback, that encouragement and that social support for girls particularly, you know, they they need that kind of validation, they need that feedback, they need that communication. So it's it's about kind of effectively communicating and providing that feedback um, as well as opportunities to practice the, the skill, having that deliberate practice as well. But I always say, you know, are they leaving the training session with a smile on their face? Like even if if it's just having a bit of a laugh at the end of the training session, if it's doing a bit of a fun team challenge game, even if it's just for three minutes of that 60 minutes, then you've your, your job done and they are leaving and they will want to come back to the next training session the next day. And that will affect their motivation, their intrinsic motivation. So really, it's actually very simple. Like you don't need to change the world. And, you know, it's just small steps like that, like effective communication, deliberate practice for skill. Um, and making sure that they're leaving the training session feeling good about themselves. Um, I think if you can do that, then I think, you know, a lot goes to, uh, you know, I think it'd be brilliant. And um, I think that girls particularly will enjoy the training sessions more. And I think that they will get a lot more out of it and they'll want to come back. So you uh, join one of the winningest teams in Irish sports history as essentially a kid and grow up uh, while at the same time studying what it is that makes sport accessible and successful. It, it sounds a little bit like you kind of looked into the fact that uh, there was a kind of coaching savant in charge of the team. It sounds like listening to your teammates 
uh, that you all had that sense of enjoyment at the end of all your training sessions. Now, there's loads of different reasons for that. Obviously, uh, a successful team, very, very driven characters, incredibly talented women uh, who were already high achievers. But it kind of seems like um, what you're talking about, Eamon Ryan kind of had this sense of uh, just a, almost uh, innate ability to do the things that you're now codifying years later. Absolutely, yeah. And I think Eamon, speaking of Eamon, you know, he was such a positive influence on all of us um, and will continue to be a positive influence as well going going forward. And I think really with Eamon, it was just all about simplicity. You know, he we'd be doing such basic skills, but we'd be doing them at such a high intensity and focus. Um, but with Eamon, we always used to, you know, we, we'd be laughing when we're leaving the session. We'd always have some sort of a kind of fun relay or, you know, a game or we'd be kind of boxing each other or whatever on the pitch. And we'd always leave just with that kind of upbeat feeling. I think that's just really important because, you know, as much as we want to win and as much as we want to win all Ireland, like at the end of the day, like sport is a hobby as well for, for us playing GAA that, you know, we do have other things going on in our life as well. And it is an important part of our life. But at the end of the day, you know, having that kind of lightheartedness in the in the training session as well. It actually helps with bonding. It helps, you know, the players to bond together as well. Um and that feel good environment. Like you can't you can't beat it. You you'll forget about the drills, but you won't forget about how you feel coming off the pitch. And I think that's really, really important for coaches and for teachers and for players to appreciate that as well. Are we missing a trick, Orla, when it comes to PE in schools, especially for young girls? Like even when you look at Ireland in comparison to other EU countries, uh, like those, some of those stats you mentioned, like you know, twenty percent of of young girls not getting that very basic sixty minutes a week. That's pretty. That's pretty startling. Yeah, it's very very worrying. Um, and it's you know the stats are high, the figures are high. That's the reality of it. Um, unfortunately, um, and I think I suppose in Ireland, like you know, in terms of PE, the PE system as well, it's great that we have leaving cert PE now and on the on the curriculum and on the syllabus. I do think still that there's a lot more to do at kind of primary school level. And um, that's kind of the, the first few years. That's so important when it comes to developing habits about sport and about physical activity. And I think compared to other countries, I know other countries would have, you know, specific PE teachers actually to come into the schools, designated teachers to come into the schools to actually do PE. Um, it's not really regulated in Ireland um, in the sense of like, you know, I could be getting 30 minutes a, a day of physical activity or PE in school, you could be getting an hour, uh, you know, someone else could be getting no PE a week and that's not really regulated, which is quite worrying as well. And, you know, it, sometimes it can almost be too late when you get into secondary school because you've developed your habits, you've developed, you know, your paradigms about sport and about your attitudes toward, towards sport. So I do think that it is important and from a young younger age and even younger children as well um, even for parents and coaches to be developing that skill and developing that positive attitude um, from, a, from a young age Were you encouraged to play a multitude of different sports as you grew up? Was it a case of choosing one or another by a certain age or how did your background develop? I actually played um, camogie and I, I was a, a big um, athlete as well in athletics so I actually um, was a competitive runner at first before I, I joined football um, and I think that really stood to me I think having the athletics background in particular you know just in terms of the stamina and the fitness and the speed um, I think definitely complemented my play um, and would have been you know a, a big asset over the years 
you know, of, of, of my play that was the running, running game and, and the fitness side of things. But I, I do think it's important to like, I definitely, you know, if it wasn't for athletics and if it wasn't for camogie and football, like I think by playing multiple sports when you're younger, it's really advantageous. And I think that you develop more confidence and you develop more skill. Your skill is more versatile um, and you also have, you know, an enhanced social connection as well. So I do think it's all positive. From my own experience, um, I was actually running competitively in athletics. I was a cross-country runner um, at the same time, kind of as I was got called up to the Cork Senior Ladies Football Panel. So I actually had, there had been talks of an athletic scholarship as well at the time over to America and um, to run professionally. Um, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I, I chose the, the route of the of staying at home with, with the Cork Ladies. Um, but yeah, like there are decisions that you will have to make, I suppose, kind of coming into your later teens. Um, if you want to take, you know, if you want to go a bit higher in terms of like elite sport, you know, you can't do it all. So there are decisions that I have to make. But I am grateful that I, I chose the, the path of, of ladies football. Um, and thankfully, we've had that success over the years. But just I do think it's important for younger players definitely to ma- maximise their experience, really, and their the variety of sports. How far did those conversations go? Were you were you on a, a trip to the states looking at facilities? No, I I was there was talks about going to Kentucky, all right. Um, but I think at the time I suppose I was doing my leaving cert. I was also you know just had been called up to the court panel. I think we were in the All Ireland that year, yeah. That I was doing my leaving cert as well, and I felt I was a bit young. You know, I obviously had never lived at home or anything. So I think you know the team. I think the team setup was the big draw to stay as well. Um, sometimes. Athletics can be, you know, you're on your own a lot and you're it's kind of you against like everyone else. So I think having that team aspect was the, was the big draw to stay in, in Cork and to play with the Cork ladies. Um, now, it's something that I I, I feel I have unfinished business uh, in athletics as well. So maybe in a few years' time, I might go back on the cross-country field. Right. And, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to mix the two because cross-country actually slows you down. Whereas you need to be off the mark when it when it's football because you need to be fast and turn and you know be agile. Whereas with cross country, you kind of have to build up your mileage and that can slow your speed down. It's more stamina in cross country, so I couldn't really you know do both over the years. So I do think perhaps maybe I might have some unfinished business in in the cross country world, um, and I I may go back in in the coming years. We have uh, other opportunities for you, apparently. David Riley has been in touch in the YouTube comments to say, Hi to Orla from everybody at Costa Gales in Marbella in Spain. Big game Aww. in Seville <laughs> on the 11th of February. We'll pay for the flights. So there you go. Retirement. Aww, yeah. I have a good relationship with Costa Gales. Um, I actually spent some time over there last year um, to do a bit of coaching and um, played with, with and trained with the boys and the girls over there as well. So um, a big shout out to Costa Gales and Justin McCarthy in particular. Yeah, they they were very good to me. See, I'm I'm not surprised or that you that you didn't choose Kentucky because Cork people love Cork. So I mean, <laughs> oh. Cork's better than Kentucky any day of the week. It's uh, absolutely People's Republic. When you talk all about, um, yeah, I remember you, you speaking before about those six All Irelands and the fact that even during a lot of those All Ireland runs, you, you 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 wouldn't even have had hot food after training. You know, you wouldn't have had uh, travel expenses up until maybe recent mm-hmm. years. So. Has the game come a long way in that, in that regard? The women's game, absolutely, yeah. I, I I think that it has has made massive strides, and um, particularly from my own experience playing. So since two thousand and eleven to now, like two thousand and twenty three, absolutely. Like in terms of just the LGFA have done incredible work. 
um, you know, even the little sponsorship, the 2020 campaign, all of that has really, really helped um, improve and promote the game. Um, I remember in 2020, or yeah, 2011, I think, that was the first All-Ireland. Um, there was about maybe 17, 18,000 at the game. And then, you know, for th- that figure to be reaching almost 60,000 now is incredible. Um, it really, really is incredible. Um, even with the GPA as well, um, I know the women's GPA and the GPA have emerged as well. And they have done really, really good work over the years. Um, and I think the last two years now, we've been receiving expenses for the first time ever, which is really, really positive. Um, and a, cre- a credit to you know, the GPA as well for for organising all of that. Um, it has been frustrating, I won't lie, over the years. Um, but look, I suppose in, in terms of like the food situation and, you know, other aspects. But look, at the end of the day, like anything else should be a bonus. And, you know, Eamon used to always kind of remind us of that, that, you're, you know, you're playing because you love to play and you're, you're passionate about it. Anything else should be a bonus. But I do think, obviously, in terms of the necessities such as food and travel expenses, um, that should be catered for. And look, it is being catered for now, slowly but surely, which is a really, really positive step going forward. Uh, we were, were talking about this uh, in advance and the the whole uh, so there's loads of different pillars here there's like participation is hugely important there's also the elite end of the sport that needs to be developed and, and financed properly one of the next great frontiers is bringing through uh, female coaches and managers and we still seem to be a little bit behind the curve uh, and I don't know is there is there something that can be done to uh, to hothouse talented coaches to make sure that we see that next generation coming through and just assuming the roles and sidelines that they should be assuming. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, there's definitely a lack of the female kind of, you know, referees and coaches. Um, to, a credit to Sport Ireland and Fairness and they always try and encourage and, you know, they run programmes for like women's coaches and all that as well. So they're always kind of trying to improve things for, for women. Um, I do think, you know, we do need kind of more women role models as well. And I do feel that we kind of need more women to kind of stand up um, and speak about, you know, even coaching, refereeing. Um, like you, I, I do think the role model aspect of it is, is massive. Um, and whether that's at a grassroots level or county level or at a national level, I do think that kind of more women need to kind of speak up about it and share their experiences of coaching, refereeing, you know, getting involved with teams and, um, in order for a bit of momentum, I think, to, to come. Like I, I often say as well with, you know, over the years, when I look up at the stand, when I'm playing, most of the time, like you'd see men, the majority of the stand, men, and there wouldn't be as many women supporting the women. So like sometimes the women actually have to get on board to support the women. You know, women, more women come to the matches, more women maybe speak up about their experiences of coaching um, or playing um, to try and inspire and encourage women to, to get involved kind of at a, at a higher level and at an elite level as well. Yeah, for sure. All the great stuff. Congratulations on an incredible career, like truly incredible. And it sounds like you're going to do more brilliant work in the uh, world of sport in the future too. So best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.